you read about LeBron, right? Read about Steve Jobs, and you know them from pop cultural, and you've seen them on the news. But when you read their story, there's something that happens where you just you knew that they're famous, you knew that they were smart, but all of a sudden you understand the resilience. Hey everybody, welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Aaron Magnuson, not joined today by the other co-host, Nils Smith, but we are joined today by a mutual friend and one of the most influential people in the kingdom building space online. And today is going to be a really practical episode and we cannot wait to share it with you and dive right in. And I also want to say this up top, it might be a conversation that you've heard before and that you've heard elsewhere. Uh, that maybe in one season of your life you weren't ready to execute upon, but I promise go all the way through this podcast with us. And on the other end of it, you're going to have seven practical step steps to being able to leverage your sermon in ways you didn't even dream possible. Uh, I'm really excited about it because our leaders work so hard each and every week to create content and we are tired of seeing it fall flat after a day and maybe one podcast listen during the week. We wanna actually take that really great content that you spent so much uh, time and effort and prayers into, see that go as far as it can digitally. And so today to talk about that, we are joined by the founder of Ministry Pass, Justin Trapp. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Hey Aaron, thanks for having me, it's good to be here. We're so excited to have you. And I know, I want to say this up top too, Nils really wanted to be here. Uh, Nils regrettably had a last minute trip that came up. And uh, I know for sure Nils wanted to be here just to stare at that Texans poster you have and the Texans mascot. Ooh, and a little bit of the Texans helmet. If you're not watching on YouTube, I would highly recommend go to our YouTube channel uh, and watch this podcast. So, oh yeah, and you're even getting the, the tour here. Um, Justin is a massive Texans fan. He's got an Astros corner, uh, as well. And so that is definitely where Nils and Justin connect in addition to all things, social media and church ministry. So Justin, we just wanted to jump in and talk about the things that you're most passionate about and really what you've been leading the space in here for ministries. And that is talking about how we can utilize our sermons that we're creating each and every week and take it further. Do you, do you want to kind of introduce, well, maybe um, you're not new to the podcast, but some of our new members may be new to you. So do you want to start by maybe introducing yourself and letting us know uh, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Sure. So I grew up wanting to be in ministry. I, I don't know if anybody else says that, but as a, as an 11 year old boy, wow. I felt God tapped me on the shoulder. And so I, it's almost like I became an old soul in the church pretty quickly. I volunteered at our church all the time. They had to like create rules so I couldn't be at the church during the nice. day because I was homeschooled. <laughs> and so I sort of worked towards that, right? And I went to seminary and just wanted to serve the Lord. And then, man, I was like following the plan, right? You, you're a youth pastor and you're going to be a yep. church planner or a senior pastor. Like you have this this pathway, so to speak. And my pastor sat me down. Of course, I was I – was, uh, full-time vocationally and then I ended up being bivocationally and I was doing some consulting and some coaching in the business realm with communications and marketing and my pastor sat me down and we had talked about me planning a church or me planning a, a campus for our uh, mother church mm -hmm. and he said listen he actually didn't set me down we were, we were driving 
And uh, he said, listen, I, something I've been thinking about and I wanted to share with you. I think that you would be a fine local pastor. I really do. I think you'd be great. But it is apparent to me that God continues to bless you wow. and give you influence via business. And I think that your contribution to the kingdom will be much greater in business than it will be as, as you being a, a pastor. Again, you'd be a great pastor, but it's just something to consider. And I hadn't thought about that, Aaron. It just sort of caught me off guard. Wow. And man, it wasn't 15 months later, he was completely right. And uh, I, you know, I sort of launched Ministry Pass about eight years ago. And Ministry Pass is, an, you know, we are a platform. We have uh, over 1500 sermon series. We have a sermon wow. series on every book of the Bible. And if you add all of our content up, it's about 75 years worth of content. So our team has worked really hard the last eight years and we have a, a tremendous time serving, serving the local church. So I, I feel like I'm still able to, you know, fulfill that calling that God has on, had on me as an 11 year old boy. And gets, I get to serve the local church and hang out with pastors. So, you know, I, I live the dream, so to speak. That's, that's incredible. And I want to stay here for a second. This is not what we intended to talk about, but my curiosity uh, is going off right now. And I want to ask a, a, a question regarding how your pastor gave you that information, uh, because we might have leaders here that have a Justin on their team right now. Uh, maybe they're employed. Maybe they're just serving as a volunteer. Um, I, I, I want to applaud your pastor first and foremost. Uh, that, that takes a lot to take somebody who is so gifted and, and more than gifted, also interested in going into ministry uh, and to have that conversation, knowing that you're not going to be able to utilize them for yourself, not again, taking the kingdom out of this, but for yourself, which all ministry leaders know, we're always looking for high capacity business-minded leaders within our local church to continue to serve, to continue to help. And so I'm curious, what was your initial reaction to him delivering that news to you? Did it crush your dreams? I, I was confused. I was confused. I was, it was sort of out of left field. And Marty, he, you know, he is actually my youth pastor as a kid. Wow. So we had a very close relationship. Lots of trust, yeah. Yeah, lots of trust. And I was going, what, what, is, what is happening here? And I told my wife, I said, does he, does he want us to leave? Like, am I a nuisance in his side? which was not the case because when I did talk to him, we launched a ministry pass and eight months later, it would, the, I had a foot in, in, in two boats, right? One in each boat and the waters were just rocky. It's hard to have balance in life when you have one foot in this boat, one foot in that yep. boat. And I just had to say, hey, listen, I've, I've got to step down on staff here because it's just too much and you're right. And of course he was not, he was not, he didn't want to talk. He actually avoided the conversation for about three weeks. So wow. I, I don't think he wanted me to leave. That's why he shared that with me. But I have to hand it to him. It was a, it was very wise on his part, uh, sort of an observation. And I'm glad that he said it to me because I might uh, I might not be I would say fulfilling my my purpose. I would say to the kingdom, if he hadn't, I may have just been on that path, and right. because that's what everyone's supposed to do. And so uh, I'm I'm thankful he had the the openness and yep. the 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 creativity to say, hey, I think you might consider this. Yes. And, and the relational equity, honestly, and, and pastors should understand this better than anybody. Um, you know, having these conversations is really important and they go a lot better when you have relational equity with the people that, that you're leading. Um, just to stay here just for a moment longer, Marty, uh, and we don't want to speak on Marty's behalf, but what were a few things that you think Marty did really well um, 
it, because, and the reason I'm asking this question is for all of you leaders, this is free game right here. This is not even what we intended to talk about. If you have somebody like Justin that you're like, oh, God's kind of prompting me right now. Like I do, I should have a similar conversation with this individual. I see these things. I see how God's hand is on their life. Uh, what did Marty do really well to set himself up well uh, after a potential like, hey, I'm inviting this person to go pursue something that is going to initially hurt my staff. Um, what what was something Marty did really well and, and how did he lead you, Justin, in that to successfully off board from full-time ministry into pursuing what, what, what Marty saw in you? Well, I'll, I'll say this. If uh, anybody that knows Marty, uh, knows this of him he is he's a long game kind of guy right so he's playing the long game he's really good at planting seeds mm. and all of a sudden you have this epiphany personally right and you're like man i should go do this without realizing marty's been planting seeds in in, in, in conversations for 10 months right yep. and marty maybe he had been planting seeds and i just wasn't uh you know paying attention that conversation was not a planting seed conversation it was sort of an abrupt like hey uh you might consider doing something different but i would say generally speaking marty is just really good at getting people uh, you know influencing people long term whether it's yes. recruitment or you know sending people out uh i have great respect and admiration for marty i will say you know when i left it was it was a, a little um you know um, bumpy, I would say, because I don't think he was ready for me to leave. He had told me to leave and then, or, you know, he thought I should yeah. consider something else. And then when it, it blew up literally overnight, almost, uh, yep. we both had to sort of learn through that season. So. Yes. And was there last thing on this? Uh, cause I think there's a, cause fear is what's going to stop leaders who know that they have a Justin, they know they need to have this conversation. Fear is what's going to stop them. What happened for Marty on the other side after you left? Uh, you know, um, I, th I think he, I mean, Marty's a great recruiter. He's a great developer. And so he replaced, uh, me just fine with a, with a, I was like his right hand man. I think mm -hmm. anytime you lose your right, you can lose anybody, right? But when you lose your right hand man, it's, it feels yep. different. And, uh, he replaced me with a, a guy that, uh, is still there and seems wow. to be driving and, and doing great there today. So uh, I'm happy for that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really just important to hear these stories and that God provides. And ultimately, uh, if it is for the kingdom, uh, it's going to provide on both sides. And clearly with Ministry Pass, that has provided for you uh, and provided for all of these churches that have benefited from Ministry, ministry Pass. Do you want to just talk about Ministry Pass a little bit? Uh, how people can join. We are such a fan. We, I, I want to be clear to our audience as well. We don't bring people on the podcast uh, that we don't believe in what they're doing. And so we freely celebrate and encourage you to engage with uh, whether it's a product, whether it's a book, we don't always have people that are coming on uh, with this representation on the podcast, but when they are, it's something that we at the Social Media Church Podcast believe in, support, and value. Uh, and so you're, you can find links to all of this stuff in the description of this, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube with video or wherever you're listening to the podcast. But do you want to let people know a little bit about what ministry passes? Then they're going to have a framework for the conversation that we're about to have. Sure. So I mentioned earlier, ministry passes a library of sermon series resources we have media resources as well uh, but our our really aim aaron is to help the the pastor at the smaller church with limited resources limited yep. staff maybe you're bivocational you're a church planner you're the only person on staff it's a church yep. revitalization effort resources and time you don't have right 
I was a bivocational pastor during this time with Marty. And that was one thing I didn't have. I didn't have a lot of time, yep. but I'm having, I'm preaching uh, uh, once or twice a month and I'm doing all the creatives and the media stuff. And every, if I can say four hours a week, man, that, that actually makes a huge difference. Huge. What we wanted to do is we wanted to provide pastors uh, the media assets for any sermon series or events you might need, but also the sermon content framework. So we're not actually giving pastors, we're not writing your sermons for you, but we are giving you this sort of content framework where we're giving you some, the passage to use, the talking point ideas, some sermon illustration ideas. Wow. You know, some of those types of, I would say the building blocks and then yep. you develop it through your own unique voice for your own unique community from there. But we've given you the starting place. And so uh, we've been working hard to, you know, serve pastors for the past eight years. And it's, it's just been a great joy. So uh, we're getting ready to launch our sermon calendars. We want to launch Ooh. a topical calendar every year. So it's a, a 52-week sermon roadmap. Wow. We do that every October, October 5th this year. So we have a topical roadmap. We have an expository. So if you just prefer to work through books of the Bible, we have a lectionary. And we have a youth and a kids. And then this year, we're actually doing two calendars, Aaron, that are really interesting. We're doing okay. a 52 week walk through Matthew and then a 52 wow. week walk through the book of Exodus. So uh, seven calendars this year is actually a lot, but uh, that's sort of, I would say, the most popular resource that people get excited about, pastors get excited about, is to see what our calendars look like when we release them in October. Huge value add. Huge, huge, huge. And time uh, is our most valuable commodity. Uh, and if we're able to uh, take some of our resources, especially when those resources uh, are realistic for a medium to small size church budget, uh, that can be a huge value add. So yeah, check out Ministry Pass. Thanks for sharing that, Justin. Now let's talk, this is gonna apply to everybody. Let's talk about this seven point framework about how we can take the major main stage piece of content that's created every single week, which is our sermons, and how we can leverage that for more than just the moment in which it's preached. Uh, I'll let you jump in wherever you want to take it. And then I'm sure I'm going to have some questions uh, to represent our audience uh, off the back of this. Yeah. So uh, let's back up to COVID. COVID hit. Yeah. And a lot of churches were forced literally overnight to adopt new ways of publishing, essentially. Right. Yep publishing a service or presenting a service you're having to do it online because you know we've been shut down or we can't have service or yep. you, everyone remembers that and i was really inspired and uh i was really encouraged by the, just churches pivoted on a dime they did and you know church, the church world itself we're so slow to change and some yeah. of these changes that we made post-covid we should have been we should have made seven eight years ago right right However, I do think there is, you know, churches and pastors I've talked to have been working really hard ever since then to shore up and to, you know, have a digital strategy in place. Uh, but I do think there's some things that we can do, right? I'm reminded of the, of the, of the story where the disciples have been fishing all night and Jesus says, hey, yep. you catch anything? And they're like, no, but they're tired. They've been working, you know, they've been fishing all night. And he says, hey, yep. You're just in the wrong, you're in the right area. Just just move your nets over a little bit. And I think that's my hope is like what I'm trying to say today is like, hey, everyone's working. Everyone's working hard. We're trying to reach people with the good news. We're in the right area. Let's yep. just pivot a little bit 
And, and I think we might actually find that you're going to have a lot more success when it comes to a, a digital strategy. And here's part of the, 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 I think the main issue that I have, Aaron, Yep. and you know this, right? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, mm -hmm. TikTok, Snapchat, and all the others, right? These are all platforms that prioritize and, and reward short form bite-sized content. Yep. So we're watching seven second videos, 20 second video, 30 second video. Never have I ever watched an hour and a half long video or a 45 minute sermon on Instagram. It right. just doesn't happen. Nope. But when COVID hit, what do, what do we do as churches? We thought, oh, well, we can't meet in person, so let's just publish long form content, an hour and a half long service or a 45 minute sermon on Facebook on Twitter, we're posting the link right to the message. And it's, it's not that, that we shouldn't do that, but that's, that can't be like our only digital strategy. So Correct. my hope is to sort of go through some really practical seven, seven things that I think you can do to take the sermon and repurpose it to where you can create bite-sized short form content that is really suited for how people already consume content on those platforms. That, that. We want to be delivering things to people in the way that they're consuming it, not trying to bring them uh, to, well, I, I think uh, not trying to even bring them to our building. The only place we're going to pastor you is if you give us one hour on Sunday right here in this physical location. Um, and I don't think anybody would articulate it that way. But to your point, sometimes our actions communicate that. Uh, and then we're actually not leveraging something that actually doesn't take, it's, it's moving the nets to the other side of the boat, something that doesn't take that much extra work. But what happens, the nets break, the boat sinks, because we're actually having an impact uh, on these people just because we move the nets to the other side. So let's jump into number one. What is the first thing that our pastors and leaders can do uh, when they're thinking about uh, this framework? So the first thing you can do is you can repurpose your sermon into blogs. And, and here's how you do that. Ooh. Are blogs still relevant, Justin? So I, I think blogs can be very relevant, right? Yep. You have Substack. Substack is essentially a blog on a new platform. That's all yep. it is, right? It's an article. It's a blog. Um, yep. So what you can do, this is really easy. You can go to rev.com and you can pay. You can upload your sermon. You can uh, upload your sermon video or your sermon audio to rev.com and they will yep. transcript, transcribe the whole thing for you. Yep. Now you have your entire sermon manuscript out and you can take that. And you can say, hey, let's say you have three points in your message, Pastor. Well, the first point, you probably have an illustration in there somewhere. You probably have an applicational point and probably have some sort of passage reference. Wow, yep. that's a great blog post for a Monday morning, right? Straight away. Great for your website. Great. That's rev.com. I've used Rev. They're a fantastic service. And yes, there's multiple things you can use just even on that transcript alone. You're probably going to get into that. But uh, blog post number one, great for your website, more content. Some people like to read. Newsflash. Some people don't want to watch or listen, but they're happy to read. Uh, great. Right. So, and, and let me say this about sermons. Uh, we, we should back up. The sermon, writing a sermon is an arduous journey. It is, it, it, on average, pastors spend 10 and a half hours working on their sermon every single week. Yep. It's more time. They'll spend more time working on their sermon then they will eating their meals, right? It's crazy. And then, yep. and then they're doing it 40 plus times a year. And what happens generally, generally with that sermon, it goes up online, it goes on a podcast, uh, like a link somewhere to, to the full sermon. And then it's there and, and that's it. And 
you know, your work as a pastor for that sermon is a dense endeavor. Like that is a dense piece of content, ser a sermon, 45 minute presentation. There is so much there that you can utilize that we're going to talk about. Yep. So number one is blogs. Number two is quotes. I mean, this is sort of easy, right? But <laughs> go just, just, just do a search on Instagram for scriptures. Right? Yes. And you'll find all these profiles. All yep. they do is literally go to unsplash.com or, or yep. Google image, beautiful landscape, and then put a scripture or a quote over the top. And they have like hundreds of thousands of followers. Why? Because people love seeing they do. beautiful imagery and things yep. that encourage them. That's right. Pinterest too. Can't forget about Pinterest. I know some of the best social media managers at churches and organizations I know have discovered Pinterest has incredible organic reach. And it's that it's quotes, inspirational, like you're creating inspiration. Yeah. So every point that you make could be a quote, easy, easy. Every passage that you use could be totally uh, sort of a, a, an image quote, so to speak. You're quoting scripture like that is easy, easy, uh, right there i mean just you could do it yourself totally you could do a volunteer uh use canva to me that's yeah. one of the easiest things Number totally is uh you want to repurpose your messages to videos now we have this already right oops sorry you're good uh, uh so the you want to repurpose your your videos your messages to videos and what i mean right. by that is actually bite-sized videos there is a it's a mega church here you know of course in texas houston yeah Wait, we say which one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Lots of mega churches. Uh, but uh, this is a cowboy mega church. Okay. And, yeah. So it's a large cowboy mega church. You know, you think uh, a church has an outdoor area, uh, maybe volleyball nets like the youth group. This church has a rodeo arena, right? And so, epic. What they're really good at, though, their pastor is a great storyteller. So, what they'll do, I see it all the time. They will. Uh, take a two-minute story uh, from his message, or it doesn't have to be a story, but usually it is a story with an applicational point at the end, right? And they they upload it on Facebook and they run some ads to it, and people share that story. And he's he's a great storyteller, right? And it, so I think most pastors are great storytellers. So yep. take that. You're not trying to post the whole message. You're trying to post a two-minute clip, a one-minute clip with some sort of applicational point or some sort of point at the end. And you just, you publish that out there. People will interact with that far more. The engagement will be much greater on that than it would be your, your full length sermon. It's because yep. again, people are used to just consuming totally bite-sized content. That's and more people might be likely to consume it online that way. They, they might be, they may have even attended on Sunday uh, or Saturday, depending on when your services are, but they might be more likely to find that again on Instagram or TikTok than watching it on YouTube in full length. So again, it's it's not even um, that people are more committed on Instagram. It's not anything about that. It's just you're more. It's it's switching the nets, right? I'm so glad you started with this uh, illustration. It's just we're moving the nets to the other side because they're already there. Yep. Uh, number four is uh, converting your your sermons to podcasts. Now I know a lot of churches use the default like you record the sermon and it automatically ups, uh, uploads a podcast. That's not what I'm talking about actually. So there's a church in our area. The uh, it's the the podcast is not hosted by the pastor. The uh, the podcast is hosted by a few of the pastors on the the preaching team. Wow! What they do is they take the pastor's notes, sort of the editing floor, right? And they go and they do like a 15 minute, 20 minute podcast episode talking about the sermon, but going a little bit deeper, going a little bit into more of the the nuances of of 
the points that the pastor was making or the passage or the, this, the, the historical or the background or the context of, you know, what the writer was saying, right? What, what Paul was saying in, in the yep. New Testament in this particular passage. So I thought that was really interesting. It's almost like a behind the scenes or, or, or a deeper dive. Yep. And you could do something like that really, really easy with totally pastor on staff. Maybe you don't have someone that could do that, but you could do that yourself. You could say, hey, totally. Here's what I was thinking. Here's the points that I made. And it could be almost like a seven, eight minute podcast. But yeah, again, it doesn't have to be the full length sermon. But that's right. You've already done the work. Right? Yep. Totally. And the interesting part about that, too, is you're introducing new voices into the thoughts yeah. that the pastor had. And so you're actually <laughs> it's kind of you're, you're it's kind of twofold there. You're not only are you creating a new content stream, you're also creating a new thought stream around the same topics. Uh, which the reality is we, we connect with people, not brands, right? The same is true for your church. As much as that's hard to hear, as much it's not your logo, it's not your church, it's not even the name of your church. The bigger deal is the people. And so when you're introducing more people into the conversation, into the media, you're more likely to get more of those fish in the net that are, oh, well, I really enjoyed this person's perspective and I got it, I retained it better because maybe it was um, you know, a female talking about it. Maybe it was, or, or maybe it was the pastor's husband talking about it. Uh, if, if it's a led by a female church, um, it just, the, the new voices, that's what people connect with. And when you're presenting the content in a new way with new thoughts, again, same premise, same, same kind of meat, but what you're presenting it is in a different way with different voices. Uh, you actually create engagement that way. So I love that point. That's, that's a huge point and not a heavy lift again not a heavy lift. It's just, it could be eight minutes and it could be a mic recorded on zoom. Like it could be a recorded zoom call. Like it doesn't, we're not talking, of course, go, go big. If you can go big, but we're not talking about things here that are like, go out and spend a thousand dollars, get a kit, get a studio, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can do it. No, you just flip. I mean, you could probably even record it on your phone. Uh, we all know the iPhone mics are great. You can probably record those thoughts on your phone, upload it somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's, that is a great one, Justin. Yeah, so that, that's number four. Number five is to take your sermons and repurpose it for small group curriculum, small group material. Ooh. Now, th this one is really easy, Aaron, because here's what, here's what we do at Ministry Pass. You know, a lot, most sermons, right, almost all sermons, they work to resolve something. They make points, definitive points about the gospel or about how we should live our lives. What you can do with small group curriculum, small group content, you're really wanting to facilitate conversation. So you're really wanting the small, any small group content that you have is really should be questions, not answers. Yep. And so what you do is you take the answer, the direct point from your message. Let's say you have three points or five points, whatever it is. And you reverse engineered all of those points, those, those aha statements that you've made reverse engineer those and turn those into questions. So you're not, you're not giving people the answers in small groups. You're giving them the questions yes. and letting them work through that together as a group. Wow. A really easy way. And at Ministry Pass, we provide small group questions and content for all of our sermon series. So, uh, you know, if, if you use Ministry Pass, you have that already. But if you're a church that, that doesn't, you can create your own small group content. Yep. You don't have to use another platform or watch a video you know, for 25 minutes and then talk yep. through it, you know, everyone right. silently watches this video. Yep. You can actually just work through the same content that your pastor mm -hmm. is preaching, but do it in a way that I think is easy and is practical. Love it. Uh, Point number six, number six. So here's a, here's a, one of my favorite ones. So this is okay. you take your sermons and, and turn them into free resources. Ooh. 
Now, everyone gives away the sermon for free, right, on your, on your, um, your messages page, yep. so to speak. But I, what I think that uh, churches should do, uh, Aaron, you know this, right? The business yep. world does this. We, we take, we create free resources. We, we say, hey, you just stop by our website. Here's a free resource. You know, Ministry Pass, we do this all the time. Here's a free sermon series. All you have to do is give us your email address, and we'll send you this free resource. What this allows you to do is it allows you to follow up with these people, uh, right. whoever you know wanted that resource, and to build trust with them, to connect with them. And this is really important, as I think, for churches to utilize and adopt this strategy. Because yes. Check this out. Let's say you do a, let's say you do a, ser- you, Pastor, you've preached three sermon series on marriage the past five years. You can take all that content, make it into a, a devotional, a marriage devotional series, yep. you know, a, a one week devotional series for couples, right? Have it on your homepage, free resource, marriage devotional for couples, one week. Now, when someone sends that, you know something about them. No longer are they this anonymous, uh, unique visitor in your Google Analytics. Now, yep. you know, this, this is actually a person that's married, right? And they want yep. to improve their marriage. That's now right. Now you can follow up with them through the context of how you entered that relationship digitally with them. You can say, hey, you had this resource. You could, you can, the first three emails you send them can be about strengthening your marriage. What, what does the Bible say about marriage? You know, all, all of those things. And then, right, this is, you've built trust. You've added value to their marriage. You've added value to their life. And they have never even watched a stream or attended right. a service. That's it. That's it. That is so powerful. It is. It is. And, it, and, and to your point, Justin, it doesn't take a lot of extra work. And this is one of the things that I would love to see churches do a better job of. And, and to your point, the um, market space does a really great job of this, uh, where you have a free resource that pops up on your website as an email capture. And I, I would love to see churches graduate from capturing emails through, I'm new here. Uh, there's no, there's no transaction there. That's only an ask that is uh, now, now people want to be connected, right? So that's a transaction. I shouldn't say there's no transaction, but how much more of a response would you get if, Hey, here is this free resource that we have. We're in the middle of this series, uh, transact an email, give them, and then, and then you're actually identifying those people because I know from being on an online pastor, identifying digital people that are anonymous or just an analytic. We know that they're out there. We know that they're real, but until they choose to identify themselves to us, we're not able to interact with them. And having a free resource like that on your website that is giving them value first, and then you're actually able to identify them, follow up with them. This is a a step I would love to see churches take. So I love it that you're thinking about, hey, how can we actually turn this sermon series into a free resource. And then you actually have a rotating, well, not only would you have a library, but you would also have a rotating to keep your website fresh, a rotating free resource, every new sermon series you jump into. Yeah. I honestly think there should be free resources all over church websites. You, you could take of course. curriculum. If you have your children's ministry page, which every church does, right? You have a yep. five Bible stories to share with your kids. If they, if they opt into that, now, you know, they're a parent. They want to teach yep. their kids about the gospel and you can highlight the children's ministry. They're totally a lot of churches and we've done this, right? Uh, I'm going to sound overly critical here, but we, we've sort of, uh, we've adopted the plan your visit model and yes. said, Hey, we've, we've done our, we've done a good job. And that's like a neat gadget I, plan. Your visit like is like the fifth step. Yes, it's the fifth step. Uh, You know, there's this progression that happens where people are not aware of your church. They're kind of aware. 
they're they're curious they're interested they're engaged this is all this is a growth that has to happen yep. before they ever attend your services that's right you can facilitate that growth and you can facil facilitate it a lot faster utilizing these resources so yep again, um, uh, i'm really passionate about this one because I think yes Again, it's like you, there's a lots of fish in the water, and if we just move our nets a little, I know, be, I know, the, the boats will be overflowing. I can see why this one was your favorite. I, I would also say that I think that's really important. I want to stay here for just a second longer. The plan your visit being our best foot forward. Not only is it down in the funnel, but I was even thinking as you were talking, um, an engaged member. Let's even call them a member may actually never plan a visit to go to your church. Uh, they could live somewhere else. We've all learned, right? This is this is the post-COVID model, right? They might live somewhere else. They might even live across the street and they have no intention of going to plan a visit. And so we must do better as pastors, shepherding people with what we're doing. Now, have keep the plan a visit. Party on. Like, that's great. That That's awesome. Don't lose that. But what we're talking about is if that's what you think is the value add, hey, we're going to give you a, a tour or like we're going to help you get to our church. That is not that is not the transactional currency that is going to work best to actually start that relationship and start pastoring the people that are engaging with you online. Yeah. So that's number six. Number seven, Aaron, is the hardest one to do. But I think. OK. And it's taking your sermon, your sermon series and turning it into a book. Ooh, here's why I think it's powerful. Tell us how we do it, Justin. Have you ever read a book about, let's just say a famous person you knew, if, you knew, like I read a, a autobiography on Brett Favre, the gunslinger is the book right? yep. read about LeBron or I read about Steve jobs and you know them from pop cultural and you've seen them on the news. But when you read their story, there's something that happens where you just, you knew that they're famous and you knew that they were smart. But all of a sudden you understand the resilience that, that is in them from the, their experiences in life, the yep. hardships they went through. Yep. Uh, there's this respect that is gained, this, this newfound uh, perception of them, right? If, if, if someone's, let's say trust is, is, is a currency in, in our culture, I think. Huge. Uh, let's say uh, you have a new family coming to your church how many visits does it take for them to fully trust your, your church? Right. Uh, to, to, what I mean by trust is how, how many visits does it take for them brand new to come in and, and be fully engaged in worship, to not be skeptical of the pastor, to not be right. worried about little Johnny and little Susie and kids church and nursery. Like how many visits? That's right. Is it six visits? Is it 10 visits? And if they're coming once a month, is that 10 months? Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, I know it, the statistics show used to show that it took seven for them to even just enter your door. Now I've heard that's gone up to nine. So if we're talking about nine touch points before they even enter your door, to your point, how much more till they trust after they've entered the door? Now check this out. Let's say you have a sermon series on redemption, right? Maybe pastor, you have a, a personal testimony of redemption and you write you, you, you take this series and there, there, there are um, services out there where you can pay them, your church, your church can pay them to um, uh, write this book with you. So they take all of the sermon content that you already had and they sort of help you craft and, and lay out a book and, and you, can, you can do it at whatever level you want, right? So 
let's say you take this book and you give this book to every new, you give it to everybody in the church, but you also give it to every, every new person that walks through the door, right? This story of redemption. What do you do with this story? You, not only do you weave your story of redemption in it, but you weave the story of the church, your purpose, your mission, your, your values. And if, let's just say this, I'm, this is an anecdotal example, right? Let's just say the couple, they, they're new, they're going on vacation, they take the book with them, the wife sits down on the beach for two days and she, and she pours through it. Now she knows, she feels like she knows a lot about the pastors. Uh, she knows a lot about the church history. She knows a lot about the purpose, the values. Like you have accelerated the trust building process to a small window. Like it is just so powerful to me what can happen if somebody is able to take your sermon series, turn it into a book, and then someone sits down yep. and reads that book. They, 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 everyone gains so much from that experience. So That's right. Again, it's not the easiest of all these. It's probably the hardest, probably the most yep. expensive, but to me, it is the most now there, there's a hybrid too here, right? That that we can talk about between almost a step between let's call it six point five, and that hybrid would be create an ebook. Don't even worry about publishing it. Don't worry about the physical copies. We're giving away a free book, not a resource, a free book on our website, and the value add instantly goes up there as well. Um, and I know it's it's only been easier uh, in 2022 to publish something like an ebook. Uh, then, but the, the hard part is the content, but we just talked about how much content pastor that's listening you've created. Uh, and now it's just setting aside some time to, to gather those thoughts and, and make a book. D I am curious, Justin, not to put you on the spot. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but do you have kind of a first step? Let's say, oh yeah, I want to make a book that makes perfect sense. I I I'm sold. What, what is that first step somebody could take in the journey of writing a book outside of gathering the content, like a practical step in terms of, I don't even know that process um, of, of getting a book published, et cetera, et cetera. I know it's a lot of steps. But what would that, what would you recommend that first step be? I'd say reach out to, there's a few services out there. There's lucid publishing. Uh, okay. He was a, he's a pastor and he started this uh, publishing company. Uh, they're, they're here. It was about an hour away from where we're at here in Houston, but I know they help pastors all over. Uh, sermontobook.com, I believe. Again, I'm not really affiliated with any of these, but I do know that these wow. are services that this is great. can help you. Yes, yeah, sermontobook.com and then Lucid Publishing. I think it's lucidpublishing.com as well. They can help you. And um, there's also kind of book writing workshops, right? So um, I, I would take a look at that. But find, find a series that you have a lot of material on. Maybe you've preached on the same topic a few times. Yeah. It gives you... You know, let's say ten weeks or eight weeks of, of content to go through. I think that's plenty. Totally, to write a book, honestly. Absolutely, and 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 most pastors, uh, all the pastors I know, uh, have that one topic or that one subject matter that they're most passionate about. And the reason they're most passionate about it is because it's like it's a personal story. And so you, <laughs> if you're needing help thinking of it, it's probably the pass the passage of scripture or the the sermon series that you love every time it comes up on your sermon calendar. And figuring out how, okay, how can I inject a lot of myself and my family and the history of our church into this? Uh, and then all of a sudden you have enough content for a book. Wow. Justin, those seven are like incredible. And I love it that the majority of, well, I love two things. The majority of them you can take action on. It's literally dragging the nets to the other side of the boat. Um, and the other thing that I love is that it wasn't uh, one step, hey, 
take your content, snip it up and distribute it on all these different platforms, uh, which I think is probably the majority of the ways that we have heard this message as church leaders presented to us of like, oh, your sermon doesn't just have to be on YouTube. It can be in all these places as two minute clips. That's certainly a part of this strategy, but you gave us practical handles that go outside of just chopping up that piece of media um, that are actionable. And and the most of these two could be handled by a trusted volunteer. Because uh, I bet you have somebody in your church that is passionate about writing uh, and would be happy to figure out how to take your sermons into a blog. You might, you might even be able to circumvent the process of rev.com and just have somebody that's, that's taken really great notes that also wants to publish this on your church's behalf as a blog. And so then you're starting to involve your, the church body, right? In, in creating new volunteer opportunities, creating new opportunities for people to in, be invested in the church and in the message. Um, which means they're more likely to share it uh, as well. And so you're, you're creating all of this engagement just based off of the 10 hours, at least, amount of work that you've put in to crafting your sermon. Uh, Justin, anything else as we kind of wrap up this podcast that you want to leave us with? No, I, I think, you know, it goes back to my original thoughts that I think pastors and church leaders are, are doing the work. I don't think anybody's not doing the work. That's right. Uh, should have an open mind about what we do and how we do it in in this era, right? In this, yep. this landscape that is changing rapidly, and uh, be open to to new methods and know know and tr and be assured that hey, that the message is not really changing, right? Yep. The gospel, the good news, is not really changing, right. but the way that we distribute it, the way that we present it, the way that we publish it, the way that we communicate it. Uh, it is going to change, honestly, probably forever, right? Yes. Is is the number one, in your experience in talking to pastors, and we'll kind of end with this thought, is your number, is the number one, because I'm thinking anytime we're recording something like this, that somebody comes in with massively practical steps that could be executed upon tomorrow. I am just thinking all of the people listening, yes, you who's listening right now, has a laundry list of excuses of why I'm not going to go do this, not only this afternoon or maybe this evening, but tomorrow I'm not going to start it either or Monday next week. Uh, what is the number one objection in your experience of talking to pastors from actually engaging with this framework you've laid out? I think the number one objection is that they don't have time or that yep. they don't feel like they have anybody. And I would say with the exception of writing the book, I would consider most of these $15 an hour tasks. Yes. And if you're a pastor and you're doing lots of $15 an hour tasks, you are doing the wrong things because you have a unique voice and you have a unique leadership position. And the sooner that you can delegate these $15 an hour tasks away to volunteers or people yep. on your team, uh, or the, the, the more, the better that you are going to be as a leader and as a visionary for your church. And, and it's also going to, you know, help your leaders and the, and the volunteers you know, fulfill some of their purposes. Maybe you have another little Justin somewhere waiting to, to block. Yep. Right. That's right. They can, they can, you know, take their unique skill sets and, and, and use it for the kingdom. That's right. And the good news is the Justin that has already blossomed gave you something at the beginning of this podcast that could save you four hours a week. And so time being the number one objection, that doesn't surprise me. That's what I would have answered. That's what I expected you to say. Uh, we have something for you that can buy back four hours at least uh, per week. And so I would be really honored and love if you went over uh, to Ministry Pass 
and check that out to see if that can buy you the time you need to actually start executing on these seven steps. Justin, thank you so much for all the time that you gave us and even more for coming in with practical steps that all leaders listening to this podcast can take. Uh, ministry leaders and pastors, we love investing into that community. I just need to know what's your favorite social media in 2022? It's the same one that was in 2012, which is Twitter. Ooh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> my favorite people on earth say Twitter. Uh, that, yeah, if you're not on Twitter, you got to get on Twitter. It's not too late. It, there's so much gold that happens there. Uh, the, from the water cooler conversations to the laughs, uh, Twitter's humor is unrivaled for me, uh, whether that's sports, all aspects of my life. Um, but it's also a great way to connect with people. And so Nils and I encourage this all the time. If you want to connect with Justin, like actually have a conversation with him, uh, have a conversation with Nils or I, or anybody that we've had on this podcast, Twitter is one of the best ways that you can do that. And you can always reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Also, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, now is your time to do that. This podcast is brought to you by our company called Amplify Social Media. They edit it. They make all the clips. They do everything. So no matter where you are watching this, uh, we give all the credit to the team that works so hard behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, subscribe. That helps this conversation get in front of more church leaders that are looking to how to leverage their media, uh, their ministry on social media. Until next time, my name is Aaron. We were joined today by Justin Trapp. Thank you, Justin, for being on the podcast. And we'll catch you again on the next episode.